my name is Trip Gorman, and in this episode of SME VC, I sat down with Marcial Gonzalez Braga, Latitude's lead investor for Hispanic markets. Before joining Latitude, Marcial was the COO of Crony and spent three years at Mercado Libre, working as both a senior business analyst for Mercado Credito and for their corporate strategy team. In this episode of SME VC, we discussed Latitude's suite of services to help Latin American startup founders, including Latitude Go, Meridian by Latitude, and Latitude's fellowships for both founders and investors. We talked about the biggest misconceptions about Latitude. And finally, we discussed why Marcial is excited about Contempo.io, which we picked to discuss only because I ran into Marcial in Contempo's Mexico City office last month when I was with their CEO, Matthew Meehan, not because of any favoritism over his other amazing investments. We talked about all this and more in this episode of Samia VC. Marcial, could you start by telling the audience a little bit more about your role at Latitude and how you split your time between all the different functions that you accomplish there? Sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Latitude is a difficult beast to explain. So Latitude, as people may know, we have three verticals. The first vertical is around education, where we help both founders and angel investors better navigate and avoid mistakes. Then we have a software and products vertical, where we're building solutions that will help the ecosystem, let's say, improve their chances of success. And finally, there's a small VC arm within Latitude. Within that VC arm, together with Brian, Tommy, and Nayani, we cover and invest in the earliest of stages in Latin America. My job is to lead the investments in Hispanic markets. So assessing every pre-seed deal from Tijuana to Tierra del Fuego in Argentina across every vertical or industry, although my background is in FinTech. And that entails, and our investment strategy, we do so many investments that portfolio support also is a critical role uh, that I play. So right now, as of end of March, 2023, we have 120 portfolio companies. And my job is to build the rails with which we will be able to support 120 and the growing portfolio across fundraising, distribution, hiring, and any other needs that we might or might not be able to accommodate them with. Finally, I also help the team in fundraising. Apparently, I'm good at that. Amazing, amazing. And you mentioned the portfolio support. And before we started recording, we discussed how we ran into each other at the office of Contempo, uh, founded by Matthew in Mexico City. I want to ask about that. Could you tell us a little bit more about the travel you do with your role? You're based in Buenos Aires. You're, you're traveling all around Latin America. Could you tell us a little bit more about that, where you're going, and what you're accomplishing on these work trips? Actually, I'm not traveling as much as I would like, and I'm not somebody that likes to be on a plane every day. But I spent the last three weeks in Mexico City with two main goals. The first goal was to meet and talk to the portfolio founders without having to spend a short one-hour session or 30-minute session to basically get some things out of the way, but really understand what they're up to, what their challenges uh, they're trying to face and, and, and overcome. And yeah, we ran into each other working, when I was working in the Contempo office, both Matthew and Antonia are entrepreneurs that I admire, building in a space that it me has one of the largest opportunities in Latin America. And my job there is mostly to listen. I don't come in with the answers. In fact, I rarely have the answers. But I've noticed that by listening and asking maybe the correct question, they start to pick up on, on what they can correct 
and they also empower me to try to help them find the solutions. So that's basically the role that I that I play. I try not to meddle too much because I know that VCs uh, sometimes we we want to add value, and instead of adding value, we end up creating more constraints and obstacles in the way. So I'm very very conscious of when and how I I want to I don't want to say the word bother, but let's say interrupt the busy day that the founder is having. And you mentioned travel. I'm owing it to myself to go to Colombia this year. And I need to go to Chile that even though I'm based in Buenos Aires, I've never been to Chile. And um, I, I, you mentioned Latitude, and I want to talk about some of the different uh, business functions that Latitude has. But first, I want to start out with a question. I think Latitude's a brand that everybody knows the name of in the Latin American VC space, obviously. And then because of that, I'd be interested to know if there were any misconceptions about Latitude. So what is the biggest misconception about Latitude? First of all, you saying the words everyone and obviously around Latitude remind me of the countless hours that mostly the team has put into making that something that appears regular. But two years ago, we didn't exist. And what we've accomplished in two years, to me, is something remarkable. Um, so to that point, a shout out to Gina, Gavi, Brian, and the whole marketing team on relentlessly listening to the client and relentlessly doing things that don't scale so that our brand has picked up. And, and right now we, we have that position that, that comes in there. But you ask about the misconceptions. The first one, people, Latitude is not an accelerator. We're not an accelerator and we do not wish to be an accelerator. We believe that in order to have a successful accelerator in Latin America, your brand needs to be on par to YC. We are not there. If we are not there, we believe that there's a risk of having adverse selection on the candidates that apply for equity-free fellowship. And that's why we keep it equity-free. We want the return on investment for a founder to choose, that chooses to come to our fellowship to be a no-brainer. If it becomes a no-brainer for tier one outlier founders ready to disrupt market markets, to build new markets, ready to take on a global challenge. If we can become a no-brainer for those founders, that will strengthen the, the power of our community and the network and, and the network effects that we are creating. And if that happens, that ends up kicking off a flywheel of latitude that strengthens the, the brand, that improves our sourcing as a fund that increases our reach with our software products and at the same time strengthens the community. That's what we're going for. So Latitude is not an accelerator because under the accelerator model, we don't believe that this is possible. That is one of the misconceptions that we have as, as Latitude. Uh, another misconception that we have at Latitude is that we are continuously um, sort of boasting around uh, about us and, and talking about ourselves. Yes, we pay a lot of attention to content, but, and internally we call it a media empire, but there's so much work happening underneath the curtains that people don't notice. We're launching software products at a huge pace. We announced our 
B2B, let's, how do we call it? We announced our accounts for startups that want to have, uh, that have a Cayman structure if they want to uh, move money around. I'm very careful of my choice of words here. <laughs> um, and I don't want to, and I will not go into too much depth there because we are continuously in iteration mode and, and this will be a, a static representation of where we are. Um, but yeah, we're doing a tremendous amount of work and there's, the team is already a 50 people team and we're continuously growing. So check out our open positions. But those are two of the main misconceptions that people get about Latitude. Okay, I appreciate that. And now I want to talk about some of the products that maybe people have heard the names of. They might not understand what they are. I think one of the first ones that founders might have heard or, or the name has been thrown around is Latitude Go. Can you tell us a little bit yeah. more about you know, what that really entails? So two things. First of all, let's start with the pain point. I don't know if you're aware, but when Brian, Brian Record, the founder and CEO of Latitude, did his exit with Viva Real, he had a poor incorporation structure. So he had to pay 100 million in income tax at the point of the exit. Needless to say that that will give you a score. That will leave you a score. And then when you do some diligence, you will see that to incorporate a startup in Brazil, it's one of the toughest markets to incorporate a startup in because the limited a society or a social limitada that you need to build for just to operate in Brazil is not enough to raise money, is not enough to handle international money uh, transfers and, and more. So I won't, it'll seem so exaggerated that people will stop listening if I tell them the amount of days and tens of thousands of dollars that you have to pay if lawyers agree to incorporate you. So we were speaking with founders and everybody was facing the same problem. I cannot incorporate. I think that I'm, I won't incorporate in the right way and try to flip later. Well, it turns out flipping later will cost you three times the amount of money than doing it right from the get-go. So what we did very carefully with our CTO, product team, and a lot of customer success is we reverse engineered the process of incorporating together and we partnered with world-class, the best in the business, um, partners to do so. And now we offer Latitude Go, which is a product to set up your Americans, Latin American startup the right way. And we are doing incorporations in a matter of days and short weeks instead of multiple months. And we have a net promoter score above 90 points. And we're charging a fraction of what traditional lawyers are charging. So with this, our goal is that if we become the default incorporation channel for startups in Latin America, guess what, Trip? Do you know when startups incorporate? No. When they raise money, when they have a term sheet on the table, that's how far along they can, um, they can postpone incorporating. So if we become the default incorporation channel product for startups in Latin America and startups incorporate when they raise money, guess who is seeing every startup that is raising money in Latin America? That's correct. Latitude Ventures. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I love the story arc. I've heard the $100 million in taxes so many times and how that 
you know, made Brian want to start Latitude. And I, I love that story. And I love the deal flow implications of that as well. I want to hear more about some of the other products, specifically Meridian. Tell me more about Meridian. I'm going to tell you as much as I can about Meridian, <laughs> but maybe I'm going to leave you wanting more. Okay. After people incorporate and they raise money, entrepreneurs who were seeing either in the portfolio or in the community, that moving money internationally was a big pain point. That having their money at a certain institution was something that they were not comfortable with. So 12 months ago, we set out the journey of trying to solve this. And right now, we have a business account for Latam startups building good shit. I don't know if I can say the word shit in, in the podcast, but I did. So we're building this. It'll be ready in Q3. In Q2, we're starting our soft launch. Um, there was a big, big instance. If somebody's been living in a cave for the last month, uh, the financial turmoil for startups and venture capital has been significant. And we were building a solution to address exactly that. So right now, I need to do the disclaimer that Latitude is not a bank. Banking, brokerage, FX, and other regulated activities are provided by our licensed partners in the United States or Brazil. But basically, Trip, we're going to be the solution that we're going to start with Brazil, that Brazilian startups need in order to manage their money. Through a business account, they will be able to check their runway. They will be able to consolidate their balance. They will be able to see their transactions, payments, and also manage treasury and reporting. This is why we raised money 12 months ago in that $13 million round led by Andreessen Horowitz, NFX, Endeavor, and a bunch of world-class angels that joined us in that round. That's what we've been working on behind the curtain when we were making so many events, yet keeping this uh, in the quiet side. Amazing. I appreciate that. And then last, I want to hear about the Latitude Fellowships. I think a lot of people have heard about them. There's founders, there's investors. Why, why would people want to do them? What do they get out of them? T tell, tell me all about that. So, Trip, I, I don't know if I told you, but I was an entrepreneur in the past. In 2020, I set out to build a, a solution that was similar to Toast, but for Latin America. And when we started off, along with my two co-founders, we had no idea what type of incorporation we needed. We had no idea how to split stock options or even share equity between us, the founders. We had no idea how to do B2B sales. We had no idea when our MVP was ready or who we could talk about or somebody to talk about that with. We had no idea um, how to raise capital, when to talk to VCs, how to talk to VCs. But we were fully passionate about what we were solving. And that same thing that was happening to us was happening to every entrepreneur or most entrepreneurs, except maybe a second time founder or a third time founder or somebody from Silicon Valley that came to build to Latin America. Mostly the case was that the maturity of the ecosystem, people were making the same mistake over and over and over and over again. So Brian, together with Gina, Yudi, Tommy, and, and the founding team, they set out 
to basically try to help entrepreneurs avoid the mistakes that would prove very costly in the earlier stages of building a startup. Right now, if I fast forward two and a half years, 1,500 founders have come through our fellowships. We have an admissions rate or acceptance rate of about 15%. And when a founder gets accepted, they come through a program which is anyway, anywhere from six to eight weeks. And in those six to eight weeks, we will put them not only in front of industry experts on a certain topic, whether it is legal, employee stock options, sales, fundraising, hiring, culture, mental health for founders. We will bring experts, world-class experts from around the globe to teach you this, but also, and most importantly, we will provide you a community of like-minded individuals going through a similar stage to where you are so that you can lean on them when you need help and offer support when you can. And this is critical because one of the keys, if you wanna be a part of a Latitude community is that you give more than you take. Because if we build a community where you take 100 and you give 95, that'll trickle down and that will very quickly cascade into a community that where nobody's helping each other and everybody fends for themselves. And at Latitude, we believe that the rising tide will lift every boat. And that rising tide is every founder in Latin America understanding that they will not save themselves and that we will all benefit if we all pull together in the same direction. Because Trip, imagine that you're an investor from the US and part of your thesis is to invest in Latin America. You meet with the first founder, they are not prepared. You meet with the second founder, they are not prepared. The third founder that you meet is gonna start off one zero down and they're gonna to need to overcome that. That is way different scenario that if the opposite happens, the first founder, fully prepared, amazing deck, the team is looking pristine, everybody knows their role. Well, the third, fourth, fourth, fifth founder that pitches, they're gonna start one zero up. And we wanna create that, we wanna leverage and empower entrepreneurs that go out to the big scale. Something else that I wanna point out, this is primarily tailored to founders that are doing VC backable startups. We absolutely adore, love and respect founders that are bootstrapping or building a software digit or digitized SMEs or something like that. But this particular program is for VC backable uh, projects and founders that are wanting to go the, the VC route. So yeah, just a little disclaimer there. Um, the 1,500 founders that came through the program are telling us that their net promoter score is above 85 points, which is something that is both something that we're proud of, but also um, puts a responsibility on us to execute and continuously redefine what we're doing and how we're offering it, because it's difficult to, to reimagine something that works, but we have to. And something that we don't advertise as much, Trip, is that we also have an angel program. Why? Founders were telling us that angels uh, maybe seem not as prepared or a bit more immature ecosystem. 
or we talked to angels and they were unsure about how much they should invest, how to assess deals or, or what they could bring to the table or how they could source deals. So we actually already did four iterations of our angel fellowship where emerging angels from Latin or interested in investing in Latin America can come and be part of a community of like-minded individuals where we will not only give you the resources that you need to 10x your performance as an angel, but we will also share with you resources, deal flow, private pitch days, and trainings from the best. Uh, like right now on Thursday, Fabrice Green, the founder and managing partner of FJ Labs, is coming to, uh, to do a, a session for our angels. And that session is worth gold. I, I cannot even put a price on that, the, the amount of, of lessons learned there. Uh, so we have that other fellowship and, and that is doing great. And that is our secret sauce because uh, you mentioned it at the beginning, the brand is everywhere and everybody knows about you. Well, that takes effort and that takes taking on the commitment and responsibility to add value to every single stakeholder in the ecosystem, which is something that we're working very hard to do. We're still learning how to do it and trying to make it better every day. Amazing. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about Argentina. You're from Argentina. I love Argentina. I studied abroad there for half a year. And I just did a semi-V series all about how much I love Argentina from a tech innovation and VC perspective. But I think Argentina gets a lot of hate. And I want to talk a little bit about your thoughts on Argentina as a VC and tech hub in 2023. First of all, thank you for asking. Yes, we're world champions of football. The tech ecosystem in, in Argentina in 2023 can only be properly understood in the context of Latin America and, and relative to the other markets in Latin America. Argentina is probably one of the first markets to develop a, a tech hub in Latin America. We had Mercado Libre, Globant, Despegar, Prisma, OutZero, before many other countries had a tech. So that is something that is both fascinating, but also sets up uh, a trend. Argentina, from my perspective, biased perspective, has wonderful entrepreneurs and an ecosystem that is not so friendly for entrepreneurs right now. The market is shrinking a little bit. Inflation, regulation, corruption, and sort of being so far away from other markets in the world make it difficult to run a business here. Um, there are still, luckily, counter examples to this. We have one of my favorite entrepreneurs, Pierre Paolo Barbieri, the founder of Walla, demonstrating that you can build a unicorn, won't cut it, uh, something even larger than that, even with, Latin, with Argentina as your main market. But Unfortunately, to answer your question, there's a trend right now happening that many Argentinian entrepreneurs are choosing to build outside of Argentina, which is something that I understand. However, there are also some problems that are unique to Argentina and are being solved using Web3 and crypto, which is a, a massive trend that we're seeing, the adoption, the the crypto community, the willingness to help the, the, um, the founders, the quality and, and experiences that they have is completely 
fascinating to see. But I just came, as we met, in Ciudad de Mexico, which is a city that I go to every so often. And every time I go, I see the new developments, the new stores, the new, the, the, little, the little stores already accepting payments from different terminals and getting the loans and understanding the software and the SaaS and making smarter decisions. And when we see that, I, I cannot not do the comparison between where Argentina seems to be headed and where other countries like Mexico seem to be developing towards. So that is where I see Argentina. Unfortunately, I cannot be too positive right now. We have elections coming up this year. I want to be conscious that hopefully it'll change for the better, but I don't know what changing for the better means. Very interesting. And I'm looking forward to those elections as well. Um, you've talked about your role as an investor. I'm sure you have many companies that you're excited about, but could you share with the audience a little more about a specific startup that you're particularly excited about right now? And no diss on the other ones. I would just like a good story. Help me. You're going to help me make this decision. So... What vertical? Pick a vertical. FinTech. B2B or B2C? B2B. Okay, excellent. So let's talk about Contempo. So Contempo is a B2B by now pay later company from starting in, started in Mexico City with a founding team, as we mentioned before, of Matthew Mijan and Antonia Marino, who are not only impeccable on their own, but Put together, there are more than the, than the sum of their parts. What they're doing at Contempo is allowing undigitized sectors of Mexico, let's say um, mechanics that purchase tires from a distributor to access a buy now, pay later solution that was so hot in 2021, but in a B2B landscape where not only were most of the payments then in cash, but there was very little information collected on those transactions. Right now, through Contempo, businesses can offer their clients and their merchants the possibility to pay with more, um, let's say, tech-savvy payment methods. And with that, not only are they capturing the information, but they're making a wonderful business of offering the, the merchant discounts and, and getting a, a sliver of every transaction that's been, that's been getting processed. When you look at the market size behind it, it's not only enormous, but it's also difficult to grasp because we're talking about information that is not out there. So it, it's, I wouldn't even say in the tens of billions, but in the hundreds of billions of dollars of opportunity to capture just in Mexico alone. And I spend a lot of time with the team and I'm super excited about what they're doing, what they're, what they're building. And yeah, I, we, we don't have enough time to do a, a shout out to everybody, but I'm sure I will get a message uh, from some portfolio company saying, you didn't miss, you, you didn't mention me. <laughs> Trip, I'm not going to forgive you for that one. Well, it is okay. Cause I chose them. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with you. So I want to ask a fun question. Because I thought about the Venn diagram. Everybody that listens to this podcast is focused on Latin American VC and tech, but a huge portion of these people are very focused on their productivity and you know building their days in a way that um, you know they get the most done. So I have a fun question for you. You have so many things you're doing at Latitude. It's it's all over the place. What habit or ritual do you use almost every day to help with your productivity? Amazing question. 
I don't start my day until I've given myself 30 minutes to do something for myself. I noticed that before I was trying to wake up and as soon as possible get to work. And then during the entire workday, I had a little itch in my mind saying, you need to get this done so that you can go do X. Well, I started my day, I start my day by always listing what X is, try to get it done so that I can get to work um, later. I do use some software and productivity tools, such as Superhuman for my email. It helps me a lot, and this is by no means a paid sponsorship. Um, and to be honest, like it, if I'm being absolutely honest, right now I'm losing against my calendar. Calendar 10, Marcial 0. I have no control over it. It's too messy, too back-to-back, -to -back, but... Uh, if anybody hears this and feels pity for me and wants to give me uh, a tool or a hack or something, please reach out. Let me know. You can find me on LinkedIn or, or any other platform. Amazing. I appreciate that. Okay, so finally, I have to ask Peter Thiel's famous contrarian question, but with a uniquely Samia VC twist. What important truth about Latin America do very few people agree with you on? So we were having this discussion recently. Some people say Latin America, or, or they try to present Latin America as this unique space, unique region. We're 600 million. If our GDP put together, we're the third largest country, et cetera, et cetera. I don't see it that way. I, every country in Latin America has a different nuisance. And from my perspective, it should be understood as a different country altogether. Sure, as a region we have, commonalities, but the differences are more than the similarities. And personally, I, I do not agree, or, or my contrarian view is that markets should be understood in a different way, that if a founder is building in country X and then saying that they're going to go to country Y uh, or that they need country Y to win, then from my perspective, they should start in country Y because uh, launching or internationalizing is not so simple. Um, it's not just replicating or adapting part of the copy or thinking that because we speak the same language, we're going to behave similarly. Um, that's something where I, my strong position is that we're not, and that Latin America should be understood by its individual components uh, in, in its countries. Amazing. I appreciate that. And you mentioned in your first answer that you do investor relations for Latitude and you you fundraise. And I could definitely see by this interview why you have been picked to do that. You're a phenomenal communicator. Your stories and everything were so amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the Samia VC podcast today. I very much appreciate your time. Trip, thank you so much for doing this. It's really important that for you to occupy this space in the ecosystem. Keep at it, be consistent, persevere, and nothing can stop you. You're so kind. Thank you for watching this episode of Sami VC. My name is Trip Gorman. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you view the podcast. And don't forget to check out our newsletter, DealFlow LA, which can be found by going to dealflow.la.